Welcome to Standard Chartered India Money Insights, a podcast series that brings you topical insights and local perspectives on India's markets from the experts. Hi, I'm Ravi Singh, Chief Investment Strategist at Standard Chartered Bank India. Welcome to another edition of Views from the Street, bringing you market views and insights on how you should look at your investments from industry veterans and experts. Today, we are joined by Mr. Selish Khan, Chief Investment Officer, Equities at Nippon India Asset Management Company. Thank you, Selish, for joining our podcast. Thank you so much for having me. So let's get to the most pressing question, Selish, uh, which I own investors' mind currently. 2022 has been an eventful year so far. Global market volatility has been unprecedented due to multiple headwinds. India, on the other hand, seems to be an outlier. How do you see India's resilience thus far? You know, year which was full of turmoil. In fact, virtually everything that could go wrong went wrong. Uh, whether it was the U.S., the high valuations of the U.S. market, the macro conditions where interest rates rose very sharply, or what happened in Europe because of the war, and the challenging conditions which have been in China, I think we couldn't have had a complex year than this. Despite that, like you rightly said, India stood out. And obviously, there are a few specific reasons that this is the first time in a long, long time that I have seen that the inflationary pressures on India have been way lesser than what they have been on the global developed part of the world. So that was one standout point. Second, India never really lived in unreal interest rates, you know, except for some phases where we had low interest rates. We've always had much higher interest rates while the world had gone into negative or low interest rates to a large part of it. So that was one more reason why we could manage the transition better. And importantly, I think, though not directly, you can reflect on the resilience coming from these factors, but the plethora of reforms which have been done in the last few years, right? All of them, you know, each reform takes two years, three years, four years to give the benefit. So a lot of these reforms are completing their three-year, five-year cycles. And I think a combination of that has also helped us, you know, see a much better rebound in growth and much better expansion generally. And I think those reforms have also played into like, you know, GST has played pretty well into reasonably strong tax collection. So while the world had its challenge, India had the benefits coming from the last four or five difficult years of difficult reform decisions which India has taken. And I think this does indicate the sustainability of the underlying growth which India is seeing. So directionally, coming out of a difficult environment much stronger is a good sign and generally when there is normalization of the world i think india can see much greater benefits from where it stands even today so you make an interesting point selish now but because of this outperformance there are news of uh, there are expectations of a very high absolute valuation and relative valuation compared to peers does that pose a risk it is an interesting question because uh, this kind of divergence has also not been there for a long time in the sense India always commanded a premium, but not to this degree and scale. So we just, when you sit back and look, you know, what happened to those markets for them to correct so sharply, competing markets and competing for global capital. I think some of those are local issues, which are, uh, at least in China, these are local issues, which are more local policy led, which had led to the challenges in the derating of that particular space, plus also the COVID related challenges, which are there. So each specific geography where the derating has happened, and more so you're referring to emerging markets when there is competition for capital for India. I think India clearly has stood out, right? If those companies, those businesses or those countries were at reasonable valuation of their traditional levels, 
India's premium would also be normal. It is just that they derated much, much sharper. And we didn't have a very strong negative case to derate because like I mentioned, all the four or five factors started supporting India in terms of recovery. So yes, we do trade at a premium. So it's possible that in a relative global recovery, we might underperform. But the possibility of our internal fundamental strength supporting medium term, long term growth in India, it remains. So you may have a, maybe a little longer period of consolidation, which you know we are already seeing it now for the last 12-14 months. And after that, hopefully the countries which deliver better sustainable profitable growth in which we believe India is, I think there is a possibility of uh, compounding to continue. Interesting. Uh, that, that brings me to the second question. A related one though we've seen the corporate cycle in india being quite strong but we have seen increasingly sharp divergence among sectors could you throw some light on the divergence and how do you see overall fiscal year 23 and 24 earnings shaping up we have had a very very sharp recovery in earnings from the lows of covid year and a little before that so actually the rebound in earnings till now has been fairly sharp except for the recent quarter where earnings were a little disappointing. So when you put in that construct, we have had a way stronger recovery than most of the world, right? And this is on the backdrop of, you know, the ups and downs with come with COVID lockdown in the base, COVID you know, opening up strong pent up demand in these things. So it is very difficult to judge the ability of this strength in earnings to continue, at least at the moment, right? So our case is, the real demand recovery or sustainably sustainable demand recovery will start getting visible possibly in the next one to two quarters because the all effects and cyclical effects of pent up and everything especially in consumer discretionary on that get over and now you have a normal base year uh, this year to compare with growth for the next year right so this is one hypothesis that you know you will have a reasonable uh, normalization of growth in the next year Second is different pockets, like you rightly highlighted, have delivered very differently. I remember metals about three, four years back had hardly had any contribution to earnings in India. And suddenly in 21 and 22, they end up having a very sizable contribution to earning growth in India. In fact, in the last 24 months or 36 months, their earning contribution would have grown in multiples of what they were doing before. So likewise, we are finding certain segments contributing much higher to earning growth and certain segments normalizing and you know showing very reasonable growth. So going forward at the start of the year, the general expectations were of a very high, you know, mid-teens kind of earning growth. I think that is already normalized post the reported quarter numbers. So I think our expectation should be for at least for the next three to four quarters, modest earning growth, which will be a little lower than longer term trends we have seen because we have had a very base shift up in the last two years post-COVID. So I think our expectations for earning growth for the next one, one and a half year, or at least for the next three to four quarters are fairly modest as we settle down and understand what is the real demand conditions in India, which is working. Because the COVID impact in terms of full impact on savings of people, especially the lower middle income segment of the market, plus also the impact which we have seen on a weaker rural growth for various reasons in the last 12 months, I think all these will become normalized in the next 12, 18 months, giving us a better sense of growth. I think after stabilization on a three to four quarter basis, as our corporate cycle and investment cycle starts kicking off and which needs into, which goes into execution phase because today it's significantly ordering phase, you know, slowly we'll go into execution phase. Plus global growth, possibly we are at the worst of it, right? In terms of global demand conditions in a challenge and should get better in a 12 month period. So I think the outlook 
in terms of certain macro conditions will be way better 12 18 months out and that will possibly lead to higher earnings post that so i think we are in a consolidating earning environment and that is what we would like to focus on and sustainability and improvement of growth is likely beyond the next three to four quarters is what are reading at the moment this brings me to the last question selesh given the current backdrop as we've discussed how should investors position their investments? Are there any emerging themes or areas of opportunity that you see? There are a lot of sectors which earlier were in limelight and you know they've actually become out of favor. So that is one category where valuations are reasonable. The second category is the world has completely changed. So from buying at any price or paying any multiple to a lot of businesses, which was the norm in a low interest rate environment, now we are in an environment where you look at companies' ability to grow at 12-15%, companies generating maybe 15-18% return on equity and companies uh, having valuations which are in the range of 15-20 to 20 multiples. So I think this is a general sweet spot where we are back to normal ways of investing, buying cash generating businesses at reasonable prices relatively and trying to compound on it. So the whole euphoria of excessive overvaluations justifying longevity, of businesses and giving them 60, 70 multiple, even if the growth rates were inferior because of temporary low interest rate environment we lived in, I think is unwounding. And it's also unwounding now in the minds of investors. So it takes a lot of time because people also get into the habit of valuing these companies way higher. So I think that phase is happening. So that is an important point to note that we are back to the world, normal world, which was pre-2000, uh, maybe 15 or 14, or even before where, you know, we used to have value companies based on their cash flows, value companies based on their return equities and, you know, value in terms of their ability to generate quality and sustainable profits over a period of time. Second is, like I mentioned to you, a lot of businesses which were in favor because the world has changed or their segments have slowed down, have become interestingly valued. In this, the whole insurance sector is something to play as an important sector or theme which can work out well. Selective within the financials, also the banks themselves have a reasonably good window of opportunity because credit growth is just coming back and the credit cycle is still favorable from quality of credit point of view. A combination of both of these can mean reasonable outlook for this particular space. Pharmaceuticals as a sector which has been was initially in the limelight post-COVID, which ebbed off a bit. I think that is one sector where valuations are sensible and reasonable. And then in selective pockets across sectors, you know, for example, consumer staples was everything was an extreme valuation at one point of time, about three years back, four years back. Now you've got some pockets which have corrected or underperformed or seen time corrections and might have a better earning outlook. So you're finding these spaces becoming interesting. Longer term themes or medium term themes, one could be selective New age companies where valuations are now getting much better than they ever used to be and possibly managements are focusing on profitability and strengthening their business model. So you'll have these five categories in addition to the existing few bets which we have. I think these five categories seem to offer, I would say, incremental value as we get along from here. So these would be the themes to generally allocate a larger amount of capital. Thanks a lot, Stelish. That was quite insightful and it's always a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much, Ravi, for having me and thank you for the interesting questions. Thank you for listening to Standard Chartered India Money Insights. Stay tuned for the latest updates and market trends by subscribing to our podcast. For more information, reach out to your Standard Chartered Relationship Manager or visit www.se.com.